Welcome to the Rock is George podcast. I'm your host, George Dion. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to hit like, follow, or subscribe on the platform that you're listening to us on. You can also check out my work at the loudest.com on the planet, knac.com, for exclusive hard rock and heavy metal interviews, live show coverage, album reviews, and more. My guest for episode 180 is frontman Wolfbeard O'Brady of the pirate-themed folk rock act, The Dread Crew of Oddwood. The band has a new album on the way. It's called Rust and Glory. It's their fifth studio album. It's set for independent release on March 15th. It's a fine, fine drinking album for pirates and non-pirates alike. And here's Wolfbeard O'Brady to tell you more about it. If I knew absolutely nothing about the Dread Crew of Oddwood, how would you describe the band's music to me? The Dread Crew of Oddwood is an organized orchestra of cacophony and antics. Probably one of the better descriptions of, of band's music that I've heard in a while. Uh, from what proud I, to deliver that for you. <laughs> from what I understand, the Dread Crew of Oddwood have been around since 2008. How did it all come together? It's a really... It's a really tough question because um, I'm going to go with the slightly realer version of our history. So I'm, I'm not crossing timelines or whatever. And this whole this whole thing kind of barreled out of control. We started it when we were but teenagers um, in the mid 2000s. So you can imagine what sort of antics we were able to get to in that in that day and age. But uh, it all kind of started with uh, an offer to perform at a Renaissance fair. And we're like, wait, you'll pay us to do what we would do anyway? Grace, let's do this. And it's just been kind of, you know, uh, snowballing down the hill since then. What are the origins of the band's name? What inspired that? It was, it's kind of a good story. I don't know. I'll let you decide. So uh, we were just a group of, of, uh, of different musicians from the San Diego music scene um, who had mostly been playing in like, you know, hard rock metal bands. And uh, we're like, well, we have an opportunity to perform this ridiculous acoustic music. This like sort of folk music with a little bit of a, like a, a punk rock, a heavy metal edge to it. And uh, we were a combination of several other bands and just musicians that we were uh, from a group of friends. And uh, we sat around, literally we sat around a campfire and argued about it all night. Couldn't figure out something. So then we argued around a coffee table the next morning, still couldn't figure it out. And we just mashed together the two things that we hated least, which were the Dread Crew and Oddwood. We thought Oddwood was a fun sort of like play on, it's not heavy metal, it's sort of this wooden alternative. And we had a great time just coming up with that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it ties into your whole acoustic thing. Certainly the the odd wood thing because for the most part folky pirate themed acoustic music but you're not using what people would think of traditional acoustic instruments you're using an accordion a tin whistle a flute a harpsichord a bazooki whatever the hell that is a mandolin right. a banjo an odd kit i don't even know what that is either it's just a uh, it's our uh, sort of signature take on a on a standard drum set it's it's evolved over time we wanted it to have we wanted it to sound a little bit bigger a little bit more grand than a drum set so instead of a normal snare drum most of the beats are played on this 
either 16 or, or 18 inch tom that we've rigged with snares ourselves to sound kind of bigger sort of like a for lack of a forgive me for sounding like every other band but like a big war tom you know like a big war drum that you're beating out there on the field we wanted to like kind of call attention to ourselves in that way but still have the like be able to perform because we, we honestly we were playing like you know judas priest songs we were like doing like cheesy like metal covers out on our, our on our instruments and we wanted to have drums that could support that and sort of give that feeling authentically i think that's what separates uh you guys from a lot of the other uh pirate themed acts out there i mean there's certainly there's heavy metal versions of that there's certainly more traditional acoustic versions of that and there's uh yeah everything and in between but I, i'd say you guys set yourself from the pack with this uh, acoustic unique instrument thing Thank you. I do believe we are nothing if not original. <laughs> well, let's talk about your new album. It's Rust and Glory. It comes out on March 15th. You're independently releasing this. That's um, correct. It's uh, It's been a little while since you released an album, yeah? It's been a hot minute. It's been a long goddamn time. We're just glad that we're still kicking around making music together. <laughs> well, I was was the pandemic kind of stalling things as far as a new album or stuff behind the scenes uh, it's more of the pandemic but we're always slow to release new stuff it's uh it's you know you know how it is we've never been a full-time act we've never been able to uh you know pay all our bills with with being pirates and roaming across the world but um we've been actually we've been writing this album for like a good six or seven years it's been a long time and it's gone through a lot of different iterations. It's gone through like different lineups. Uh, we just are glad that we can finally get it out to people and that people are still interested in hearing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a great album as far as pirate drinking songs go, in my opinion. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the first single that's out now, Lawful Evil. What inspired the lyrics for that one? Well, if it's not blazingly obvious, we're a bunch of dweebs. And uh, whenever we can kind of call back to our, our our storytelling, our sort of role playing roots, we uh, this is all this is all inspired by an argument over what our alignment would be were we a D and D party. <laughs> Lawful Evil was the name of our last album, and we're like, in the band, we've never completely agreed upon what we would consider ourselves morally. And uh, this raging discussion was good enough that we decided to encapsulate it in a heavy metal song. That sounds good. And uh, I, I would I would say I, I'm morbidly curious about what inspired giant fucking demon crab. I mean, crabs are great. Demons are scary. <laughs> Fighting giant fleshy sea beasts is kind of what we do. We needed a fresh, scary monster to dominate the face of this album and we could think of nothing better than a giant fucking demon crab <laughs> and of course no no folksy drinking song album would be complete without songs about fire wine and beer and you guys certainly and and obviously palling around with your comrades so you, you pretty much cover the gamut here as far as material is concerned right let's be real in terms of with the possible exception of giant fucking demon crab, we're not breaking a lot of crazy new thematic ground here. But we found that in writing songs like this, in creating a new world to give yourselves and your listeners, working within confines can be incredibly gratifying. And you can explore emotions more complicated than you'd think with something as simple as the themes from a pirate story. 
Now, is the Revenge Prawn uh, kind of the backup soldier for the giant fucking demon crab? <laughs> so that's a good one, actually. This this song, Revenge Prawn, you know, it's a uh, it's a play on words. If if you if you you haven't figured it out, just think about it. You'll get there eventually, I'm sure. Um, it's actually about um, a uh, a girl who loses her husband out at sea and goes on a quest to find him. And uh, there's an unexpected twist. So the prawn is the name of the ship that she takes to go find her missing husband. And so she's out for revenge on her own little ship called the prawn. So not a literal revenge prawn, but actually a literal giant fucking demon crab. I understand it's complicated. <laughs> the whole album's a metaphor, quite honestly. That's all we got. That's all we got going, George. Well, I would imagine with all these drinking songs that you guys get a lot of booze bought for you at your live shows, right? Man, you would be I you wouldn't be surprised by how much rum we've been given. But yes. <laughs> I used to be in a band uh back in the day, it was a cover band, and uh I, I people bought me a lot of drinks, and sometimes people would bring me shots that I didn't know. And I got to the point where I was like, Why the hell am I doing this? I don't know these people. <laughs> it's true. Man, I'm not gonna lie to you. If I never drink another drop of Captain Morgan, that is fucking great. I'm so okay with never drinking Captain Morgan again. Um but uh, I appreciate sentiment so very much. And I'll always take a shot with a fan. <laughs> uh, are you planning another single from the album before its release? We are. We have. Oh, man, I'm going to mess this up. I believe we have two more singles. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say, to be honest. I know we have two more singles that are going to be released. I'm not going to say the dates just in case I mess something up. I will say you might be the first act that i've talked to that couldn't say what the next single was that doesn't have a record label i mean <laughs> we have our next single is going to be a music video and it's an exclusive release so i, I just you. don't want to mess it up <laughs> <laughs> i know the code in the music business we don't want to say anything too early i got you exactly uh you brought on Ann Murphy to produce the album. Uh, she also did some instrumentation and some backing vocals on the album as well. What does she bring to the table that you trusted her in producing the album? Anna Murphy, we've been longtime fans uh, since we we were originally familiar with her work from um, uh, with El Waiti uh, in the 2000s. And so like listening to her voice, like knowing how she played the hurdy gurdy. And just knowing how she continued on with other future projects like Seller Darling, we knew that she had like a, a strong understanding of what not just like acoustic folk music, but like acoustic folk music within the same sort of genre that we are interested in. She's very familiar with balancing that with the energy and the uh, the overall rhythms of like a heavy metal band. So we couldn't think of anyone better to to join the project, and she was. An absolute dream. We, 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 you could just email Anna Murphy. Like that's a thing you could do. You could just, you could just contact her, and she'll get back to you. We were, we were blown away when she was like, "I'm down." We we're like, first. Now you mentioned the giant fucking demon crab was also on the cover of Rust and Glory, and uh, the cover was designed by Mark Gibbons. Uh, how did you discover him? Mark Gibbons. Um, he's a. Uh a designer for uh, a former designer for blizzard and he's done so much cool work over the years he's uh he has his own he has his own uh board game out his own sort of card game um and his work has just been so influential across the board 
uh, in the video game and fantasy world scene, like the sort of hulking, not quite Warhammer uh, designs that he did for Starcraft and Warcraft back in the day are the the legacy of those continue. And it's just an absolute honor that we can count Mark as a, as a friend and a fan and that he still puts up with our bullshit and did not just our previous cover on um, on Lawful Evil, but this cover for us in glory as well. Now, the Dread Crew of Oddwood is no stranger to video games themselves. You guys have had tie-ins to video games here and there. Assassin's Creed 4, you had the Ballad of Edward Kenway. Uh, you had a song on Rocket League, Dead Man's Medley. And you did a collaboration with R Ravenous EH where Claws the Law, which was sort of a mortal a take on Mortal Kombat. Oh, 100%. We were like, how how could it be more Mortal Kombat 1, Mortal Kombat 2? <laughs> Let's talk about the music that ended up in the video games. Was that because of your tie-in with Mark Gibbons? You know, I actually don't know how we ended up doing the, uh, how we got that gig to do the uh, the crossover with Assassin's Creed. Um, I know that the song was, we, we wrote it in tandem with Penny Arcade, who are like, uh, they do a bunch of like comics and like nerd culture. They have a blog. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with Penny Arcade. Um, and they uh, they had us do that song, but like we've just always been into we're, we're dweebs since since we were kids. Video games have been our thing. Like the our music has always been about taking yourself to another place, sort of creating a new world, a new space, and that's a direct echo of the influence that we had growing up with video games and playing games like Final Fantasy series, playing games like Legend of Zelda, all of those old role-playing games and uh, and adventure games are just what called to us. So whenever we get an opportunity to be involved with that scene, we welcome it. You got a vinyl edition of uh, Rust and Glory coming out. Uh, Lawful Evil was pressed with excrement and urine and that blue goo they put in an outhouse. Uh, what is the pressings for... Rust and Glory made of. You got one that's ocean blue and one that's red and black splatter. Man, you got blue toilet water and you got blood and guts. What else you need? We uh got tired of dealing with the uh the pressed the pressed human waste. So uh we're going with cleaner, cleaner instruments this time. <laughs> These vinyls look fantastic, by the way. Uh I don't know who you're using to press them, but they look great. Thanks very much. I'm excited to uh to get the final product in our hands. Difficult for an independent band like yourself to get some vinyl pressings in a timely fashion. It's it doesn't matter who you are. It's always hard to get vinyl pressings in a timely fashion. Um, but uh, but so far things are are, are going uh, on schedule. We should have our our albums ready to ship and uh, available at our merch booth on tour this uh, March and April. You've worked independently for the most part for most of the band's existence. Have you shopped your material to labels or is it just easier having all that control? We uh, were interested in getting some sort of representation or at the very least some management for this record. But, uh, you know, I understand it's been a long time since we had a major string of performances. Like our last major tour in Europe was in 2019. Um, there's been a lot. Obviously, we've all all musicians have experienced the bumps in the road that came with with the pandemic but um there's been some personal changes as well that have made that sort of a uh that sort of thing difficult and at the time that we were writing the album we did shop it around a little bit um and nobody was ready to fully commit so we figured we'll prove ourselves with this album and see what comes of it you know i've actually heard that from a couple different bands that 
if there's a break in your productivity that it's tougher to get back into the uh the the wheel of things it's tougher to get booked again it's tougher to get on these festivals just just because you took a little break yeah it's all about it's all a you know it's a game of who you know and and making the right connections and helping the people out that you can in the moments and uh you know if you fall out of that cycle there's other bands that are going to take your place and we understand that that is a necessary evil of the way that the industry works. And we're just excited to prove ourselves and get back out there. Well, you're getting back out there in March on the battle ballads, North American tour with tear troll fest. And I can't pronounce ether realm. realm. Yeah. I had a hard time finding the, the, uh, the, that a on the keyboard there. Uh, (laughs) I have to Google it myself. It's actually there. I couldn't believe that. But uh, March 28th, April 26th, North America. Um, you must be excited about this one. I can't wait. Playing with the, honestly, every band in this lineup is a dream band to tour with. Uh, we've known Aetherrealm for a long time. We uh, got to meet and hang out with Trollfest uh, when we played Vakken Winter Nights in 2019. Or actually, I think it was 2018. I don't know. One of those. And uh, playing with Tears a Dream. Uh, we've been fans for a long time, and uh, we can't wait to not just be a part of this tour, but also that the tour is named Battle Ballads. That kicks ass. <laughs> Are there any particular tour stops you're looking forward to? Any particular towns or cities that you really love? I love Montreal. Montreal is such a cool town. I mean, Canada in general is so welcoming to metal, even more so in the winter for some reason. So I'm excited to be back in Canada. Um, I'm excited to see some of my friends out in um, in the Midwest. Uh, I'm just excited to get back on the road and see the country again. It's crazy that it's so easy for American bands to get up into Canada, but it's not so easy for Canadian bands to get down here in America. Oh, my heart goes out to all the Canadian bands that have to, to make that trek. America <laughs> doesn't make it easy for you. I mean, granted, we always get stopped and searched at the border when we're going into Canada, but it's a lot harder for Canadians to get their work visas to come here than it is for us to go up there. Do you have any plans for live performances after this tour run? Um, we are sort of toying with the idea of a, uh, of like a big album release show, um, a local show for us here in Southern California. Um, but we do have to wait until a certain date after the tour before we're allowed to do that. So, so we haven't booked it yet. <laughs> Have you played any of the new material live as of now? We have. Um, we, we've done a handful of shows that we just didn't tell people about over the past couple of years where it was like mostly private gigs or like public events. We did like a mead festival. We've done a few uh, private parties and weddings. Um, and during those events, we kind of test drove a few of these songs. And even before that, on our last tour, we uh, we were playing a couple of these just to kind of see, you know, uh, you never really know how a song is going to feel until you've played it live like four or five times. And uh, we just wanted to get that experience with a couple of these before we track them. You've been around since 2008. Obviously, you played a lot of gigs. Was there any one particular gig that you would classify as your favorite or it stands out because of a particular moment that happened? We, uh, oh man, we played a gig in New York that was really, really just amazing. Um, We also played a gig in Dublin uh, on a pirate fest tour with Ailstorm, that was uh just so so much fun um let me 
look up. I believe it was Gramercy Theater for New York. Um, but that show was just so cool. Um, we had a blast. Was there something about the crowd or was just everybody firing on all cylinders? It was we had we were really like tight as a band at that point. We had, you know, drilled through this music a bunch of times. Um, and then we also played uh, on the same tour as the uh, the show in uh, uh, in Ireland at in Dublin. We played a show at the Forum in London. That was just awesome. And that was a that was a on the uh, tour with Ailstorm in 2018. So on the flip side of that, have you had or do you remember any shows that went terribly wrong or comically wrong a la Spinal Tap? Oh, man. Shows that have gone wrong. I mean, we've played a lot of shows at sort of unconventional venues. Um, some of these shows have been acoustic. We've played shows where our drummer has deliberately set his drums on fire. And sometimes that works out great. And other times... He burns himself and can't finish the song properly because, you know, the the uh, heads can only take so much punishment. <laughs> um, we've had. Oh, yeah, man, we've had all sorts of crazy stuff happen. We've broken out into fights on stage that started as fake theatrical fights that ended up being real fights. We've like thrown wine in each other's faces. I mean, we're a pirate band. You got to lean into that bit of the act, right? <laughs> Captain Morgan will do that to you. Yeah. Where's the lie? <laughs> do you personally work on any other uh, music projects outside of the band? I do. Um, I work on quite a few music projects. Um, I'm primarily here to be talking about Oddwood as Captain Wolfbeard O'Brady. Um, but I do have a solo project called Celtic Metal Dude where I cover. Uh, I do a lot of the covers that I wish the Dread Crew of Oddwood could do, but we just so simply don't have the time. And uh, I've gotten to do a, a handful of really fun performances and really fun projects through that project did dread crew start off as a cover act no we've always incorporated uh cover songs just because of the nature of our instrumentation people love to hear different or uh hear the the music that kind of inspired us on that those instruments um like, like if we're doing like a slayer or a judas priest cover live people eat that up they love that they absolutely do um we've also done things like uh you know, Star Wars covers. We'll do pop culture covers every once in a while. Um, but we've always been, the emphasis has always been on original material, creating our own world, creating our own characters, and uh, just pulling people into that, whether they want to be involved or not. <laughs> well, those are all the questions I have for you today. Wolfbeard, the new Dread Crew of Oddwood album is Rust and Glory. It comes out March 15th. Uh, people can head over and get that on your website or through Bandcamp, I assume. And That's correct. You kick off the tour, the Battle Ballads North American Tour on March 28th. I want to thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast and teaching me more about uh, the Dread Crew of Oddwood. Awesome. George, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Yep, no problem. Best of luck with everything. Maybe when you get over here to Massachusetts, I'll be able to get out to the show. We'd love to see you. We'll, uh, we'll do a shot of something terrible. It'll be great. Once again, I want to thank Wolfbeard O'Brady of the Dread Crew of Oddwood for coming on the Rock is George podcast. Be sure to check out their latest album, Rust and Glory, out on March 15th, 2024. Head over to your favorite music streaming app, take a listen to what's available, 
If you like what you hear, buy a physical copy, support the artist. For all things Dread Crew, head over to their official website, thedreadcrewofodwood.com. I also want to thank David Brenner at Earsplit PR for making this interview possible. You've been great. I've been George Dion. Discover your next favorite artist on the Rock is George podcast.